Welcome to the Beck and Reese Show. Two Midwest moms talking about life, but we guarantee you'll well, laugh. you can't guarantee anything. Okay, we think you may <laughs> laugh, relate, and learn something. Just listen. Well, today on the Beck and Reese Show, we have a very, very special guest. It is none other than Miss Jen Jones. Woo-hoo! Jen Jones is an educator for more than 25 years, we'll say. She's taught first, second, third, fourth, sixth, and eighth grade. She is a world-renowned reading specialist, and she conducts professional development for teachers all over the world. And we are so lucky to have her here today with us. You guys rock! Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Thank you, first of all. We are like over the moon excited right now. Oh, that's, it's so fun. I love your show. And when I listened to you guys the first time, I was like, oh, I love these ladies. But I love that you're not teachers. No. no. And right? you're just moms who like just love listening. So we are moms. And how we found you, Jen, is you are you have changed our lives. You've changed our children's lives. For sure. No, you have. And, yes. and uh, that's what we want to get into. Just because we are moms who have implemented so much of what you have done into our children's lives at home. And um, I think that's one of the most amazing things that you can bring. Yes, you are amazing to teachers and changing the world of education, but home is so important too. And you are changing that. And you, I mean, we are, I mean, so loyal to you. I talk about you all the time. time. Like a friend of mine (laughs) called right now. I'm like, oh my God, I got to call you back because I'm about to interview Jen Jones. And she's like screaming on the line. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is so cool. I love that so much. Okay. So, and Jen, I think one of the things too is what we first started with is talking about us being moms. We're not teachers, uh, weren't trained as teachers. And one of the questions too that we could give, uh, that we want you to answer to give to our listeners is as parents at home, as an educator and as someone who teaches educators, what is your wish besides we all know we want our kids to read 20 to 30 minutes a day. What else would be the wish of an educator that parents would do with their kids at home? So first of all, let me just back up because one of the things that, that can I just say that kind of drives teachers crazy about parents, but the fact that school is not the same now as it used to be. Yes. Parents come to school from every socioeconomic wrong. Okay. So like low income, middle income, high income, it doesn't matter. Right. Call call the school or call the teacher or email the teacher and say, Hey, I'm going to take my kid to Disney for the week. Are they going to miss anything? And you know, you just want to chuckle and be like, (laughs) and be like, uh, yeah, pretty much everything. Because, and let me tell you why, because school is not worksheet workbook based anymore. So when you're missing school, you're, you can't make up a a cooperative learning structure. You can't make up a morning meeting. You can't make up guided reading. You can't make up a discussion group. You can't make up an interactive game. Like so many of the, the structures and routines that we use as teachers to teach the content are involved collaboration, communication. I'm sure you've heard those 21st century skills that everybody talks about. That's communication, collaboration, creativity, and critical thinking, getting kids talking and discussing and analyzing ideas together. And now that speaking and listening are part of the ELA, English language arts standards, you know, kids are now discussing with each other authors' opinions and you know, how, how I agree with you because, or I disagree with you because, and like that stuff's not make upable. So it's like mm-hmm. attendance, 
attendance is like the number one most underestimated factor in student achievement. And it's really should be such a priority. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I've been guilty of taking my child out to go on a vacation. I have, I I will admit that right there. Yeah. 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 So, and you know what, that's something that I haven't thought about. It's good. But it is the one, it's the one thing that's like so much of what happens at school. You can't, Recreate oh, yeah. no worksheet, no packet will ever replace that. What they that inter, those interactions, yeah, yeah. And miss when they're when they're gone. You know, you so. you said two things that I I want to um, touch on of how you continuously impact our lives is you said the word because, and I know that's your thing. I know you have your T-shirts, uh, everything. I turn to my daughter. If she gives me an answer and I say, what's mama's favorite word? And she'll say, because. And I have implemented that into just our daily lives when she gives me an answer. And she's grade school, so she's old enough. But how it has changed even her writing her sentences to add that detail mm-hmm. and, and just keep it going it is phenomenal with one word. And I, I have to tell you, just as a parent at home, and then showing it when she is at school too. Um, and the work that comes home when she gets a paper at home that says great detail, it's that word because Jen. So thank you so much for that feedback. I really, I feel like, so like the impact that you're telling me I'm making with families, moms, homes, things that happen in the home. I, I get that a lot, actually, that the struct, that the structures and strategies that I share with teachers are actually very, what I like to call low prep, high yield, like yeah. super simple to implement, like turnkey strategies, things that like I did a PD yesterday in Omaha, Nebraska, and already on Instagram, I've gotten like six DMs saying, thank you so much for everything you shared yesterday. I can't wait to get started in my classroom. I'm going to implement these three things today. So like things that you can implement like immediately and tomorrow. And, and I'll be honest with you, that word because was a game changer at our school because we. Um, again, I don't take credit for the word because I didn't invent the word because, but I'll tell you one thing over the last 10 years, I do take credit for bringing that word back to life Yes, because as educators, that is the one word that will take your classroom or your home from a lower level thinking classroom to a higher level thinking classroom because everything that comes before because is a child's answer. So if a teacher says, why did the lion leave the cave at night? The child could say, to go out and look for food for its baby. But without saying because, I don't know the child's reasoning for why they thought the child, or that the lion was going out. So when you say, because he didn't think it was safe for the lion to leave the cave during the day or leave his cub alone or whatever. So everything before because is the answer and everything after because is the justification, the reason. And in society, as citizens, as adults in the real world, people don't um, agree or disagree with you until they know your reason. Mm-hmm. So as a, as a, as a person, you're trying to raise our kids. You, you can't, you can't say as parents, you can't say to a child, you know, you shouldn't smoke. It's bad. Well, then your child's going to say, well, why? And you're going to say, well, it's just not, you just can't, it's just bad. Like you have to be able to provide reasons for people to believe you and find you credible and it mm-hmm. give them something to think about. Yeah. So it's that, you know, it's that, the, the, the words that come after because that give other people something to agree or disagree with. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. 
Great. And for them to learn how to make an argument for yes. their opinion. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, actually. And to listen to yes. what the arguments and reasons that people say so that you can give a counter argument or you can agree or you can say, hmm, mm-hmm. that's a really good point. I hadn't really thought of that. Like, yes. wouldn't we love it if even adults did that? Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> okay. So. so we're looking like help our listeners with like some easy tips for children at all different stages. There's a couple here, like those who are just like one and two year olds to those starting to read. Then maybe like the, where I feel like it's like a fourth or fifth grader where they're, they know how to read now and, and it's all about comprehension, but maybe right. they're, you know, all the different stages, a quick little right. tip. Okay. So this is just really off the top of my head. The one of the things, and you guys probably know, I just recently started a new Instagram account called books from day one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So go, go follow Jen Jones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not trying to give a push for that. I just feel like it's, you know, an 80% of brain development. Here's something for parents, for your parents to know. And I don't, I'm not saying this as a slam if your kid is over three years old, but 80% of brain development occurs before, before the age of three. Yep. So when I say that sometimes to parents where their kids are over three, they're, well, damn it, oh, it's too late. Like, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> Missed the boat. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, I guess I better have another kid. So yes, next one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't do that. Um, but when parents, um, I just wish that we could have an issue. You know, we send home formula, we send home binkies, we send home diapers. Why can't we send home books from the hospital? That's like, excellent. That's awesome. right. I mean, there's just literacy is so important. And the American Pediatric Association also, you know, says read, read to your baby. And the things about reading to like a, a, a zero to uh, basically like a zero to one year old is they can't talk and they can't speak and they can't, you know, you don't even really know if they're listening, but, and so parents of newborns think to themselves, well, what am I supposed to say to a baby? Like what kind of words? Like, I, I mean, you got this little thing laying in your arms or your, your arms and you're like, hi, little one. But when you open up a book and you read the pages of a book to a child, the book provides the words for you. So you don't have to think up what to say to a baby. The words are already there. Yes. And a child bonds with their parents through their voice. Yep, right. And so if you don't have to like remove the anxiety of like, what do I say to this, this thing? Right. And then just read every single day is that really starts to develop so much of those early emotional bonds and, you know, voice recognition and, and things for, for mother and father. And that same line of thinking, one of my, um, one of my favorite other podcasts to follow is the read a lab revival mm-hmm. by Sarah Mc- Mc- uh, McKinsey. She just recently wrote a book called the read Loud revival. Her blog is called the read Loud revival. And so is her podcast, but, um, reading aloud to your child at home, especially if your home is not a calm, soothing, positive, nurturing home. Like if your parents argue a lot or you're, or you don't see your parents a lot or your mom or dad is stressed out or kind of like their tone is always like, clean your room or how many times do I have to ask you that or da, 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 you know, just that, that, that tone that's like not a loving tone. Yeah. But when a parent reads a book to a child, um, the tone changes. Yeah. yeah. True. The tone changes yeah. to loving and positive and, um, the character tone and the book tone. And those are nice, um, 
tones for kids to hear when the only tones they hear are or hurry up. That's a or, good point. Honestly, like uh, I've taken that like every night I read to my son, he's nine and almost 10 years old, fourth grade. And still to this day, we read uh, my, both of us, my husband and I, it's our time. We go and we read a book and we like do classics sometimes, or just like all Christmas stories or like an interesting fact book. And it's like one of our favorite times to spend with our yeah. child. Yes. Yeah. I love that you're doing that. I love, I would love for all parents to um, continue to read to their child long after they become a reader. Yep. There's so much research to support that just because your child becomes a reader themselves, they know how to read doesn't mean parents should stop reading to them. Right. And so you know, keep reading. I mean, even as a teenager, I agree that those teenager years are just as important and critical and vital for you to continue reading and having a, having a thing, a, a time that's common for you and your child to like talk about something that's not your life, not his life, not my life, not the world, but the commonality is the book. Good. And you can have discussions about what's happening in the book and so much of, I mean, books in general, um, picture books, chapter books, adult fiction books is a mirror to the world. Mm -hmm. So what's a lot of times happening to characters in books um, could also be happening to them in life. And sometimes when we discuss how the characters talk about it or feel about it or resolve the problems or the events could actually help us solve our problems Mm -hmm. or talk it out more. So that's important too. Yeah. And you know, Jen, you post on your Instagram and we'll repost it. Um, the, uh, a recommendation, a book recommendation starting from, I think preschool on to fifth or sixth grade you have on there. Um, and yes. we'll repost it for our listeners because, um, I've taken that book to the library, taken out books and, and then even to read, given it to her on some books. It's a great recommendation where people may be stuck into the, um, the chapter books that their kids are on. And it opened up, it opened up a whole new world of books that I didn't know of like Frindle and, you know, ever too lane, all of those books. So um, we'll repost that too, because that's an excellent source for parents at home to just go to the library with. Jen, talk about, you make a a great point because a parent, I mean, you asked in the very beginning of the show, what can parents do, you know, with their kids to promote literacy and the, the simplest, the simplest, easiest thing they can do if you have a car. And even if you don't is to go to take your kids to the library, Yep, take your kids to the library books at the library are free. They don't cost anything to check out. There's no, there's no, I mean, the, the, the one, the one thing that, that I would love for parents to, to know and understand right now, this is, it's critical in our society right now. Do you realize that 90% of Americans are, can read, but don't. Huh. Yeah. So that means that they can read. They just choose not to. And that's a problem. And, and if, if parents aren't reading, they're not, the children are not seeing their parents read. I mean, if parents are on their cell phone, kids are going to be on their cell phone. If parents are reading a book, kids are reading a book. If parents are cooking, kids are cooking. If parents are praying, kids are praying. I mean, yeah. kids do what their parents do. Not what their parents say, what their parents do. Mm-hmm. So if you take kids to the library, take your children to the library, and here's the other thing. Let them pick out whatever they want. Yep. You go to the public library. The librarian doesn't say, oh, hi, Jen Jones. Oh, you're reading on a D. You need to go read the checkbooks out from that section. Yeah. The library's not like that either. The only only criteria for picking out a book at the public library at Barnes & Noble is ones you like and ones you're interested in. Right. That's it. Why does that criteria change when kids get to school? There are so many adults 
teachers, parents, principals, teaching assistants, telling kids, oh, you can't read that book. That book's too easy for you or that book's too hard for you. Yeah, I think it's one of the best messages that you give is yeah. that like my child was like, I'm like, no, try a chapter book. But he wasn't really, he's not really into chapter books. He likes the whole, I don't know, like dog men, you know, those cartoonish yes. books. And I'm like, that's fine. After this yes. interview, I said, read whatever you want to read. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They're reading. Exactly. Yep. They're reading. And, they're, and they're, not only are they reading, but they're also owning the choice. Yes. When, you, when a parent or an adult says, read this, or you can't read that, who owns the problem? Yeah. The, not the kid. So right. like, we all want choice over our life. We want to choose the car we drive and the makeup we put on and the juice and the shoes we, we wear. Kids want some choice over their life too. And choosing the book you read or the pen you write with or when you go to the bathroom are some of the most basic choices that kids should be able to make on their own. Yeah, right. You're right. Yeah. Hey, talk a little bit about your picture book theory. I call it a theory. Right. Picture, the picture books are reading. Yes. Yeah. The picture book theory. I love the picture book theory for all, all grades because Picture books contain pictures that often, oftentimes encourage higher level thinking in such a way that, um, this is what I say, so I'm not trying to get teachy on you, but um, making inferences or you know, making higher level ac- uh, judgments or conclusions are, are, are places where in pictures where kids can make those higher level thinking assumptions. So like when we read a book, we, we can see the pictures, we can read the words, uh, we want kids to be able to not only notice what they see, but also to say what they think. Mm-hmm. So when kids are saying what they see, they're making observations. When, care, when kids see what they think, they're making inferences. And inferencing is one of those higher level reading skills that a lot of kids have trouble with. Yep. You know, and and when, when, they're, when they go to read a chapter book and there are no pictures, you know, it's that whole reading between the lines. It's like, oh, here's a clue, here's a clue, here's a clue. This is what I think is happening. You know, they have to put the pieces together. Right. But in picture book, um, kids can kids kids are actually traditionally, I would say, not very attentive to the details in pictures. They glaze and glance over them too quickly. But there's so many kind of clues and details in pictures about how a character feels, what a character is thinking or doing, or the setting. And so, the top five places that kids can look at in the pictures to make inferences is the weather. So the weather is always, the weather will always clue a child in on the mood or tone of the story. So if there's dark clouds, you know, that's classic symbolism for it's going to be a bad day. The character is already starting off on the wrong foot. Or if it's a sunny day, like it's very classic in a book for it to be cloudy at the beginning and then sunny at the end, right? Like it's, everything's turning around, things are looking up. So the weather, so having kids pay attention to the weather, having kids read um, character facial expressions. So if a character is frowning or smiling or eyes wide open or red cheeks, um, the words will not say the character is frightened or the character is scared or the character is anxious. But those facial expressions help us read the characters, pay attention to characters' dress and costume, like what they're wearing, because that, that'll tell us a lot about uh, their situation or their family life or their home or their socioeconomic status, or like even like in a book like The Paper Bag Princess by Robert Munch, you know, she's wearing a paper bag throughout the entire book. Like that, that's a key detail. So when we tell, when we talk, when teachers talk to kids about like noticing key details in the story, like well, what's a key, key detail in the story, like kids need to get that. The kids need to get that. She's running around the whole story in a paper bag. That's, that's important. And then just noticing um, architecture, 
when kids notice architecture, they can notice maybe the continent that the story takes place. Like if the buildings have like little curly cues, like an Asian building, mm-hmm. or like very ornamental buildings. Um, they might be able to, if it's urban or a skyscraper or a cabin, like where the story takes place. But there's so much in pictures. You know, I think I have spent more of our income on teachers pay teachers <laughs> as moms. And um, so we actually purchased your uh, picture of the day. We started using it with both of our children. Yes, yeah. And um, yeah. It is, that is, uh, for anybody that's listening that does not know, Teachers Pay Teachers website is fantastic, but um, it, it's just a simple picture. And not only everything that you just said, but it, it there's laughter that comes when you're talking to your children yes. about that. You know, something, you have a guy jumping into the ocean one time and just getting a giggle from the kids of when they see the picture is, um, that's a fantastic um product that you offer as well as implementing that with picture books. Actually, I've taken this and gone and like, if we're in like a setting, like say we're at a restaurant and we've ordered already, I use that concept of the picture of the day to the real life setting. I'm like, okay, so what are the facts? And then what can we infer from the people Mm -hmm. sitting here? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you said something just a second ago that's key to the whole thing that parents need to do more of, and that's talking to your kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we, we can use picture prompts or picture books as a basis for talking to our kids. But if we spent more time talking to our kids about um, everything, then, you know, our kids would be more social and have more, I understand, like, like even I'll admit, like our personal children, our kids, Kelsey and Abby, when they were younger, our, my, my parents would come to the house, right? Mm-hmm. And they'd be on their phones. And I would say, put your phone down and give your grandparents a proper hello mm-hmm. because they don't even know to like get up and, and give them the time of day to say, hi grandma, yeah. hi grandpa, how are you today? And a hug and a kiss and like some 10 seconds of attention right? because they're so on their devices so much now. Right. Yeah. It is a constant struggle. It is. It is a constant struggle. And so even like there's a book called 30,000 words that I would also send home from the hospital. Okay. With and it's it's just really it's about it's about speaking to your kids. Um, it's actually written by a cochlear implant co- cochlear implant doctor. Oh yes, and this yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's about it's really about and and talking to your kids is simple. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. All that oral those oral language skills, those descriptive language skills, those vocabulary skills. So many kids would enter kindergarten so much prepared for re- and ready for formal education, mm-hmm. having been spoken to, read to, talked to, had the opportunity to reply back, heard reasons, discussed, you know, why thing, why you can spend the night, why you can't spend the night. Right. You know, it's, it's no, it's, you know, the, the days of like children should be, you know, seen and not heard, like th- those days are over. So we're going to end with like this thing we, we're calling the, Pop Back quiz. Okay, she always cuts <laughs> in Jeb Jones. You see that? She, she drinks it out so I long. Oh, my God. You do. Oh, God. The Beck and Reed pop quiz. Okay. And here we go. Okay? Is it like a rapid answer type thing, or am yes. I just supposed to think about it? Okay. Well, you can think, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but first thing that comes to your head, who are you currently obsessed with on Instagram? Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is sounds biased, but my daughter Kelsey just started a healthy Instagram account and I'm currently obsessed with her account and the fact that 
people that don't even know her, like my followers are following her because teachers want to be inspired to get fit and healthy at no charge. And I love that Kelsey is doing it for no money, no membership, no sponsors, just out of the goodness of her heart. So what's the name of the account? What's the name of the account? I know what it is. The account is Healthy with Kelsey. Perfect. With like a, like a line at the end. Yes. Like a line at the end. Okay. What is your favorite vacation spot? The Key West. Perfect. Love it. And your favorite book? Uh, my current favorite book, um, well, I just finished reading A Simple Favor and Behind Closed Doors. <gasps> and then Jen, um, I read that because of you on my vacation. Jen, wasn't it crazy? It's so which one? A simple Crazy. favor or the other one she's talking about? I know. So behind closed, behind closed doors. doors. So listen, I don't, I know as a literacy coach, you're probably going to be mad at me. I had to read to the end first because I couldn't see <laughs> it. My heart was palpitating. I had to know what happened. I could not get through the book without knowing. It I is, it's know. a psychological thriller, but whoa. Yes. Yes. It, I mean, it's a, it's a psychological thriller, yeah. not like stranger creepy, but like, oh. but like mental game. But, yeah. but what is your favorite book of all time? Oh, favorite one? Book of all time. Um, favorite book of all time. Oh my gosh. That's a hard one to ask. That me. is a really hard one. I mean, come I would, on. But I would think what's the, what's the book that you fell in love with reading with? I mean, from your childhood or something like, um, like I read all the, um, Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, I read yes, yes. I read all the Little Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. I read all Anne of Green Gables, See? The Little Prince. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's yes. a good All the books I grew up on. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's what created Jen Jones into becoming Jen Jones. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. yes for sure. Okay, okay, your drink of choice. Uh, well, uh, non-alcoholic, um, I like Crystal Light. Really? And yeah. I really like um, champagne. I know. Perfect. That is my new... Alcoholic beverage of choice. There we go. Champagne with raspberries. You're amazing, Jen Jones. You're so real. We are so grateful to have you on with us today. And we we want more. I know. Honestly, we love you. We do. We love you girls too. Anytime you want to come back and re-interview next year or whatever, I'm always here. Anytime. Next time I'm in I'll call you. Yes, Thank call you. us. Call yeah. us. Please. We know good Mexican restaurants. Okay. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> you have to be hooked. You All right. Me. All right. Thank you so Thank much. You, Thank you. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed the interview with the fabulous Jen Jones as much as we did. Check out our other episodes of The Beck and Reese Show on iTunes. We suggest you start with episode number one so you really get to know us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Beck and Reese Podcast. And Jen Jones can be found at Hello Jen Jones.